<laughs> hey folks, welcome back. It is episode 31 of the Messy Truths podcast. This is Mar and I am recording from Montreal. Okay, it's Nisha from Kanagahage. I'm sort of the middle child today, but I'm happy to be sharing the middle with a special guest. So I'm happy to be in the middle today. And going down south. And this is Azar recording from New York City, but there's somebody even further south from me today, guys. There is, there is <laughs> we have indeed. a special guest. We do, we do. Uh, so this episode today, we are looking into the subject of relocation, moving as an adult, going to a whole other different city, a whole other different country. It's a big feat, but um, yeah, it, we're, we're about to tackle that today. And to help us with this discussion, because I unfortunately do not have any experience relocating as an adult, is uh, we've got a special guest, my very good friend, Hiba, who is, uh, we've known each other now for like, I don't know how many years, almost a decade, perhaps, maybe? Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but Hiba and I go More way back. More than a decade. Yeah, we mm -hmm. used to work together and we've been friends ever since. And on the subject of relocation, Hiba has gone from, well, you, you will explain it, but you've gone from mm -hmm. Montreal, you moved to San Diego, and then you moved from San, Di San Diego recently to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Congratulations right. on your move. Thank you. Thank you. You mean congratulations on going from summer to Sunny. winter? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nisha, that's hilarious because everyone we would tell that we were moving, they'd be like, oh, that's so nice. Where are you moving to? And we'd be like, Philly. And then their faces would be like really confused. Exactly. <laughs> like, Why are you moving to Philly? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. with it. My, I mean, besides Philly being like, you know, my love is from there, but there's still snow there. I'm not with it. San Diego is one of my favorite cities in the world. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But, but. <laughs> there's a lot of buts. What's the but? <laughs> um, how do I explain? It's beautiful. We had super comfortable life there. I loved our home there. We lived four miles from the ocean. Um, I just found it really hard to make friends over there. And this is something that, like, I guess is very well known in Southern California. People will be like, oh, yeah, that's Southern California. No one wants to commit to anything. And I feel like the go with the flow, super easy, beachy attitude matches with how much people are willing to commit and so after eight and a half years in San Diego we just like didn't really have any good friends I mean we mm. had friends and I don't know if it's because it's geographically so spread out you know you have to drive for ages to get anywhere um, whereas when you're in a city like Philly it's just so much more densely populated um I don't know what it is, but, you know, everyone talks about community there and it just was lacking for me, to be honest. So after eight and a half years, I just felt like it was time to come back to the East Coast, to be closer to friends and family. Mm -hmm. um, I have a sister in D.C. I have friends in New York, obviously friends in Montreal. 
um, New York is closed. <laughs> so that was really the motivation for moving. Mm. But well, this you know wasn't what? your... Spend... Sorry, I was just going to say, this actually wasn't your first move. Like you moved to from Montreal to San Diego, but you've actually lived in other places as an adult too, right? So I was born in Dubai and I grew up there for 16 years of my life. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved to Egypt from there, um, did my undergrad at AUC, American University in Cairo. And from there, I moved to DC for a little bit, Washington, DC for about a year. Um, and then from there, I moved to Montreal. So yeah, there's wow. been a lot of moving. What brought you to Montreal? I was accepted. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was accepted into McGill master's program, mm -hmm. but that was just really my out. I mean, I applied to McGill. I, Egypt, I love Egypt now, but living in Egypt is really, really difficult. Um, and so I was like, okay, how do I leave Egypt having a Jordanian citizenship? Like mm. it's not the easiest thing in the world. And so I applied to do my master's and, you know, I knew going in that I was going to try and stay in Montreal and get the citizenship, which is what I did. So, you know, okay, that was the motivation. Yeah. That's great. But I loved Montreal. Hence us meeting. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mo Montreal had its has its good and bad, but obviously it wasn't good enough to commit to staying there. <laughs> <laughs> you you have Montreal yeah. in your heart and on your hoodie. <laughs> you I feel like it's like almost like an immigrant curse, like where it's just like so hard to be rooted. I thought about it a lot. Like, why do we keep moving around? And when are we going to put down roots and stay in one place? And I don't know that I will ever be able to stay in one place. Maybe the idea in my head is maybe we'll have two places where we can be like six months, six months. We don't have kids, so we can do something like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe you... I know that maybe Azar has a similar experience to mine and I somehow feel like it's part of being an immigrant kind of where, you know, I don't have like family in one place. Mm -hmm. um, and so you just kind of like float around a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's actually that really interesting that you said that. I mean, I definitely have a very similar experience, maybe not as many places, but for sure having... Um, been born and raised in the Middle East and then moving over to Canada. So my experience is, is that I was born in Iran, but I moved to Dubai, actually. Um, and I left there to come to Montreal, but it was because my parents uprooted to Canada. But they uprooted to Canada because my brother had a French education and I had an English mm. education and they were looking for somewhere that could accommodate both of us. Ironically, when we got to Montreal, we were not aware of the laws. And so my brother was able to choose an English college and I ended up going to French school. So yeah, not so good, fun old, for me. good old language <laughs> laws for our listeners. Right. Yes, Quebec has language laws. If you are new to Quebec. You mean language problems. 
Yeah, it's, 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 it is a problem. It is a major problem. But yeah, all you have to do is just Google it. You'll you'll know all about our language issues here. And if you have children who are born here or you bring them really young and they have not had previously had any English education, you are required to send your children to English school. Um, no, and French that, school. French. Uh, sorry, French school. French, what am French I saying? School. You need an English certificate to send your kids to an English school. But if you if your education has never been in English, then yes, you are required to go to French school. Yeah. Um, the only way you can Wait, get into that's not necessarily all the way true because my education was in English. That if you have if you can afford or pay for an English private school, private then that's school, your yeah. choice. Yeah. But mm-hmm. public schooling is if you're born after a certain year, it you're required to go to a French school if you're gonna go yeah. to public school as an immigrant into Quebec. That that's yeah, that's one of the loopholes and the and the other loophole is if let's say you're living in Canada and your most of your education has been in English, then you'll be able to go to an English school as well. An English school. There's so many stupid okay. rules, it's really yeah, ridiculous. It's really but anyway, you notice I I'm saying, not saying anything because it traumatizes me. Well, honestly, not for nothing. Even though I'm a little resentful towards the French language, I'm better for it because I'm trilingual now. Um, but I also used education as a means to get out of the country that I was in and into the country that I'm currently in. I've always wanted to live in New York because hip hop, but, um, I decided to try to get my, you know, my foot in the door through, through, um, an, a college student visa, which is an international student visa, which is how I got into New York city. Um, I also did my master's degree at NYU and then, you know, finagled the system to end up <laughs> staying here. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, I do feel very much, I so relate to what you said, because although New York City feels very much like home to me, what's home without family, right? Like I have nobody here besides my own children who are born here. Um, I don't have any relatives in New York, the closest relatives I have are my co- is my cousin who lives in Hartford, Connecticut, which is a couple of hours drive. But really, everybody else is either on the West Coast in LA or, um, you know, Southern California or Canada. So I feel you. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, after being, um, you know, after after living as an immigrant, I really don't know what's home anymore. Maybe our generation will never feel that. Yeah. I feel like I, I tell this to friends. I feel like I spent my younger years trying to get as far away as possible from home. Right. And the older I get, the more I want the familiar and, you know, family and home, especially after COVID and being alone. You know, I mean, we spent the last two Christmases completely on our own. And it was just like, yeah, it was just felt like time to get closer. That's another thing. I mean, having family there is one thing, but we were alone on the West Coast and trying to get to Egypt or even to the East, anywhere from mm, San yeah. Diego. Is a challenge. Like, yeah. Yeah. Huge challenge. But Nisha, you also left Montreal to up and go to yep. school as well, right? You did this. No, as I went my first teaching job. I my yeah. first teaching job. Um I, I, you know, I'll go back to the family thing because, you know, you were saying, Hiba, like, SoCal and all that. But I realized what made those places so attractive to me was I already had home bases there. 
My aunt served in the Navy in San Diego. My cousins are there. So I had pre-made friends built mm. in, yep. in these places, right? So when I go to San Diego, I got my cousins. I got my peoples. I've known them since I was a young kid. I've been going there since I was 19. So I built up like friends, like legitimate you have a community. friends in San Diego. Yeah. But I'm also one of those community scouters. Like if I'm going someplace, I like need to make friends first so that people will know something happens to me and I disappear. That's my whole purpose. <laughs> but when I was 22, I graduated from McGill and moved to England for my job. It was never my desire to go to England. It was always my desire to live in San Diego. That was always my first choice place. Um, but it didn't work out that way. I ended up in England for almost a decade. But again, I had a home base, right? My aunts lived there. My cousins lived there. Um, I think it was just nice knowing that uh, no matter how far I went, there was a springboard that could snap me back. If I, and I like knowing that there's somebody there who, who's got my back. That was something yeah. I really like. And I, mm -hmm. I cultivate that wherever I go. Uh, so I moved to England, 22. I'll never forget it because the day I moved is the day, unfortunately, Aaliyah's plane crashed, Ooh. and I was and I was getting on the plane, and I was like, "Nah, yeah. this is this is not good. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah, this is not good." <laughs> um, but I did have a fascination with old things, so I really liked the Tower of London. I had a thing. I had mm. an obsession. And this is not going to go down well for those of you who know I'm an activist, but I got a thing for the queen. I think she's an old cute biddy and she's a cool <laughs> old woman who rules the world. I know she did dirty things. I know. I know. But <laughs> if you scrape all that away and you realize that this is a woman who's been in charge for decades, like just focus on that. That's what I like about her. And like you see her in her heels climbing through the rubble after Germany bombed England. I have a thing for her tenacity and the way she pulled herself up, not the colonial stuff and all that other stuff. So don't try to sell I, bit of, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm not I'm it's, not rolling. Sorry. <laughs> she's still a woman who ruled. So this is that's my Do you um, boo? My, she was born into her circumstances, but it doesn't mean that you cannot create change in your position. Hey, she's doing her best. She got some black grandchildren now. She's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, that wasn't by choice, if you remember correctly. No, nah, she's yeah, cool. True. She's old, man. She's 96. She's chilling. So um, I really had an obsession with old things, right? So I like mm -hmm. the Tower of London. I teach history. I teach religion. And England was England was the place where I could not be myself. It was perfect because coming from the family we've come from, that we've had many conversations about our moms on the show. I come from a very strong matriarchal family where the way you behave and act is a reflection on the family and I could never do bad things ever in mm. Montreal. So born and raised Montrealer, family is Nova Scotian. If you know anything about black Maritimers, good luck. So going to England, no one could see me. Nobody could do, no, there wasn't even Facebook at this time. So nobody could see me. Nobody knew what I did. Nobody could watch me. There's a five hour time, time difference. So by the time my mom was waking up, it was half of my day was done. And I must say for the first two years, well, the first time I arrived in London, 
everything sort of threw me off. Like, I'll never forget Mind the Gap. And I was like, what gap are they talking about? <laughs> I was always like, what are you talking about? Calling um, the, I always, uh, the, the subway system, the tube. Yeah, yeah the but there's a the gap between the there. entry, yeah. the entry yeah. door and the entry. I didn't know that for many, many moons. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I knew really about London before I moved was I had an aunt there and I was happy. That was all I knew. Yeah. And, you know, I landed in Heathrow and I was like some sort of like, I don't know, one of those tribes who had like the bags on her head and I was walking and I was wearing like a suit. I don't know who told me to wear a suit, but anyhow, I, I, I arrived at my aunt's and she lives in Richmond, like near South Hall, which is like, for those of you who know England is like little India, <laughs> everybody's there. Mm -hmm. And I just remember walking into the, and you know, what's funny, I, a friend of mine from McGill, we both got contracts and we weren't the best of friends, but again, I was going with a safety net, somebody I knew, somebody who was Canadian. And um, my aunt actually took her in as well. And we stayed with my oh, aunt cool. for the first, yeah, for the first month. But I just remember getting spoiled. Like my aunt made curries and chapatis. I was good. I was very yes, happy. Nice. But I ended up living in East London. And I'll tell you why I chose East London. So that's the home of West Ham. For those of you who know the Hammers, it looked like Cotonège. So Cotonège is an area in Montreal that's extremely multicultural, open markets, lots of folks. And when I landed at Upton Park, I took the, you know, the subway station to Upton Park and I walked out of Upton Park. All I saw was like, I call them my cousins, like all the, the people who were, you know, brown and Muslim and Sikh and Hindu. And I saw the markets, a pound for a box. And I was like, oh, I have to live here. But what I didn't know about London was mice rule the world it's disgusting like and they think it's normal it's so nasty like coming from canada where everything has been so clean my mother everything's so clean i'll never forget the first time we somebody's like i was like oh my god we have a mouse are we dirty and my friend at the pub was like oh you just saw one now i'm like what <laughs> what are you talking about that's nasty <laughs> And you mean you were other... greeted at, at Heathrow Airport? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there wasn't nice. one scurrying up next to me saying, yeah. hello, <laughs> Um, No, but the other thing I did before I moved to London, I'm an over-preparer, is I read Lonely Planet. And Lonely Planet told you, find a pub. And that's the first thing I did. I found a pub called The Queens. I still go to it when I'm there. And that's how I made my community. Right. That's how people. I made my community. That's how I made my people. And I must I must admit, I spent two years in that pub every day, just chilling. And mm -hmm. I used to mark correct in there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But that's how I became like, that's how I built my London, my community. manner, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. And then mm. uh, then I found the Canadian pub and then I started to branch out a bit more. But I think you're right, Heba. There is something about having my family already there in these places that I difference. love. The, yeah. So I would yeah. go see my aunties on Sunday. You know, my cousins are the same age as me. So I had a, a little, little small community there. And then I made friends and those friends became family. Exactly. And I'm also a teacher. So you make friends at school. 
exactly. But, yeah. But Nisha, you mentioned, sorry, I just wanted to touch on this. And I want to ask Hippa if you have had any of these experiences. You mentioned the mind, the gap. Um, and those language, um, I don't even know what to call them, but like every place has their own little lingo for stuff. And yep. that learning curve is hilarious. And I def I definitely have experienced that in terms of just what people say, even coming from Dubai to Montreal. I remember being like 13 in, uh, in a French classroom and asking anybody, everybody for a rubber. Hello, do you have a rubber, yeah. please, that I could buy? <laughs> yeah. They're looking at me like, really, bitch? Aren't uh, you a little too young for that? So <laughs> did you ever have those experiences, Hiba? Well, so in Dubai, I had a British education, private mm -hmm. education as well. So yeah, definitely the rubber, um, the crisps, you know, the crisps. Uh, all of yes. that. <laughs> for sure. But in what's funny is, as you say that, I didn't expect to have it like a huge cultural shock when I got to San Diego. I'd never been before we moved there. Um, I'd been to San Francisco, um, but I was like, you know, I've been to the States. I've lived in D.C. Like, how different could it be? It's different. So different. Like when I got there and it's just like a vibe. I remember the feeling. So we lived... 35 minutes north of San Diego in one of the beach towns. Um, so we were kind of halfway between San Diego and Orange County. Mm. Um, and so you have the Pacific, right? And all up the Pacific, you have all these beach towns. Um, and so a lot of them are like suburban feel, but they're on the beach. And so this one in particular was very touristy too. And I just remember feeling like I landed in a vacation spot, you know, mm. it was just so weird, mm. like coming from the city. I was like, where am I? But yeah, in San Diego, definitely like everything's like gnarly and like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the dudes and the gnarly. Oh, that West Coast. <laughs> Vibe. it's yeah, definitely it's a vibe though you're right i mean uh, san diego is like it has the border it shares with mexico it's it no does. more than 55 minutes i've i've walked over it many times Head on over to tijuana yeah yep. it's got um you know it, it's got it's got that you know that hispanic vibe but that military vibe you know, and the two combined don't always go well together. Yeah. No. And you definitely like it's such like one. And I think the military vibe was like one of the biggest cultural shocks because I remember going to a baseball game and it was like, stand up for our troops, you know, yeah. and I was just like, oh, my God, like, where am I? You know, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was just like, uh, it, you definitely feel it. It's very, very present. Um. I mean, and then a lot of friends, like they're either ex-military, everyone there is either yeah. in the military or ex-military. So, um, so yeah, it was definitely like something I had to get used to and I didn't expect it. Um, and then I would add, then you have like the spiritual yoga community. Oh, yeah. Mixed into that vibe, you know, and I was a lot into that community for a while, but it's just everything feels surface level over there. Mm. And I think I and I think that's why if you have those close connections, it's amazing. But when you don't, 
I remember my husband and I were taking a walk and everyone says like, hey, how are you? You know, and we were both like looking at each other like, why are they saying hi to us? Do they know us? Hmm. <laughs> and like everyone's so friendly. But what I discovered is it's like really shadow friendly. Like everyone mm. says, hi, how are you? But no one's waiting for your response. Answer. <laughs> you know, no one's really like, and I'm like, they're like, well, today, not so good, you know, and they're gone, you know. And yeah, so, they're like, bye. Yeah, like, no, that's just our greeting, you know, and, yeah. and so. Don't get and it so, twisted. Yeah. We're not trying to be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, you'll go to a bar and have like such a good time with someone. You're like, oh, do you want to exchange numbers? And they look at you like, who are you? <laughs> you know? What? Uh, There's numbers to be exchanged? It, yeah, it's, it's yeah. very non-committal. Like, I just, yeah. it's something as an Egyptian where you're like, you know, in everyone's business the minute you know them. Like, it was just really <laughs> strange to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think like, you're right, though. I would, like, work with people for a month and I would come home and be like, Ilya, like, they've never even asked me, like, anything about myself do they maybe they think it's rude if they ask maybe they think they're probing I'm like but then I just like it's so weird I've, I'm, I've been working for a month and I don't know them at all and they don't mm. know me you know and so it was just definitely something I had to get used to and everyone cancels plans all the time and in the end I became that flaky person too mm. um, is that <laughs> just yeah, a, is that just a San Diego thing or is that an overall California sort of I think it's a west coast thing I think issue. it's a west coast yeah. but then maybe very southern California I mean a lot of people were just like oh yeah that's southern California you oh, know really like, well no big surprise you know wow so yeah I think and I don't know. I Again, it's like you have to drive to get anywhere. So maybe it's just like if you're going to be friends with someone, like you really Live have close. to commit. Or yeah. you like really have to commit because it means like driving half an hour to see them or I don't know. Mm, I still is, don't yeah. know. I still don't know what it is. Well, well now that like I, now. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, I think it's a question of friends. Like, uh, it is. Because I, I, the friends that I've had there now, we've known each other since I was 19. Mm -hmm. So oh, when I wow. come into town, like we hang out, we go yeah. out, we do things. That's but, the thing. I think once you've made those friends, it's like, yeah, obviously like, yeah. close, you know, but getting to that point. Yeah. And you know me, like I make friends everywhere, you know, yeah. but it was really hard. Yeah. yeah. I was oh, actually San going Diego. to ask. I was going to ask you, ladies, um, in terms of your choice, I mean, obviously, education was the real catalyst behind your choices in terms of where you ended up. But um, Hiba, in your case, what made you choose Philly? Like, why? Why Philly? And why not D.C. or, you know, or, or another part of the U.S.? Yeah, where you have where you actually have family. Are you like, I love my family, but I don't want to be in the same city as my family? <laughs> Well, like, what, so, what was the you reasoning know, behind that? So, Mar, you know, I'm one of six. My mm -hmm. family is all over. So I have family in France and Luxembourg and Toronto and Virginia and all over. And um, so my sister lives in D.C. She's the closest one. And initially, we thought about moving to D.C., but I don't know if you know anything about real estate prices in the last 
couple of years or I've last few years. I've seen a few years, things in the news. <laughs> yeah, it's like we just like couldn't afford anything in DC, essentially. And and we wanted, because we had the experience we had in San Diego, I didn't want to be in any suburbs. Like I wanted to be somewhere where I could. So that was another thing about San Diego. You had to drive to go anywhere. I couldn't just like walk to a cafe or, and I I don't love driving. Like it's just a thing. It's a weird thing I have. And so I knew I wanted to be somewhere where I could, you know, get on public transit or mm-hmm. uh, walk to a cafe or walk to re- a pub or whatever. Um, and so wherever we could go in DC was going to be really, really expensive. Um, and so a friend of mine was like, you have a best friend in Philly, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, have you ever thought about Philly? And I was like, no, I never really thought about it. I'd been to Philly once before for like hmm. two days. Um, and so I asked my husband, like, what do you think about Philly? And he was like, I actually prefer that to DC. Like, at least there's history there. And you mm-hmm. know, so, so we were like, oh, okay. So last summer, August, he'd never seen Philly. So we were like, let's go. Let's take a hotel and like, we can see what we feel. So we came, it was like, just like a three day trip, but walking around, I was just like, this feels familiar. Like it's like the East coast vibe, you know, I was like, it's not home, but it feels like home, you know? And he had the same feeling. And so we were like, okay, let's do it. And Philly real estate market is still like somewhere where you can afford to buy something. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, it was kind of where can we afford where we want we where we can get the lifestyle we want where it's close enough that I can get on a train to go see my sister we can drive to Montreal if we wanted to um but like you know also has an international airport where if I need to go to Egypt I can because flying out of San Diego you have to drive to LA to mm. go anywhere internationally oh, and so oh my god yeah, in LA yeah. Is- and, Horrendous. And LAX, LAX. Oh <laughs> no. Horrendous. Like just getting through the parking, just so just yeah. getting to LA. Just getting to LA. Yeah. It yeah. would be like a whole 24 hour ordeal type thing. So we were like international airport, affordable. And I don't know, we just like really like the vibe in Philly. Another thing about San Diego is like it's just very white, you know? And mm-hmm being brown person I, I just missed I just miss seeing like other things you know I mean like surfer dudes and mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I would joke to people and I'm like I'm the darkest person in Carlsbad you know and they're like laughing and I'm like no no I'm not joking <laughs> I'm the darkest <laughs> oh my god yeah but Carlsbad is not the best like yeah I like that's an experience in itself but I agree Philly has a Montreal vibe it does. And and like I'm sorry, Oz. I don't like New York. I think it's too. New York is too expensive. It's just too much for me. Um, but when I went yeah. to Philly, I was like, oh, I like this. It fail. It it wears better. I think when you're coming from Montreal, Philly feels like a bit of Montreal. It I don't does. know why, but it 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 has that. But that's how San Diego feels for me as well. I like um. <sighs> 
towns that are not so big. I like towns yeah. the size of Montreal. I realized that I don't like LA. I'm not a fan of New York. I'm not a fan of Toronto. <laughs> not a fan of the big, big cities. Yeah. But I really enjoyed being in Philly, besides the fact that there's like all this music geniusness that lives there. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can understand. I was in Philly two years ago. Well, since the pandemic. But when I landed in Philly on my way to Connecticut, I was like, oh, yes, I'm in Philly. There's all these black people. Yay, yay, yay. I was <laughs> so I happy. <laughs> I, and of course, they have Chick-fil-A. That would make me happy. But I, when I was in Philly, like, you know, it's known as the city of brotherly love. It's rocky. But and they got Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah. Oh, don't tell me about the day, the story that we were coming from Washington and Zip made us do a detour in Philly just so we could get Philly cheesesteaks. Worth it. Mm. And I got <laughs> pneumonia because of that. But whatever. We'll just leave that there. But no, I, I, I understand. I just can't go back to the winter. If I leave this city, when I leave this That's city. That's what everyone was like. But I'm not. It's cold in Philly. Like, not as well, cold as Montreal. That's a, our yeah, answer. We're like, it's not as cold as Montreal. We're but, okay. But yeah, Oz, okay. at one point you were very much in, you know, like very much tied to um, the community in the LA. And I'm just wondering yeah. if you've ever thought about, you know, would you ever make the move? Do you think like leaving New York I to head to the love West Coast? to be bi-coastal I would love love just like Hippo was saying to have yeah. the two options would be great unfortunately I do have kids that's not an option for me and another reason why Mar I don't see myself going there is because my kid's father is over here and as you guys know we're divorced and the I would really want them to stay connected and have as much of a relationship with their father as they can and being on the other side of the country just doesn't make that possible yeah but I do fantasize about going to LA girl because granted I've never lived lived there, but I spent many a summer there. I've done mm -hmm. multiple internships there. I have a lot of relationships, family, friends over there. Um, I just, the sunshine itself alone is enough to motivate me to, especially when winter comes around over here and I'm like, fuck it, fuck it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Get me out of here. And I love LA. Right. I love LA. L LA is beautiful. Just At least beautiful. you have, you know, the museums and the music and the right. restaurants. Like, I, those were just lacking things in San Diego for me. Oh, I can mm. understand that too. The culture, right? Culture. Like, there, yeah, is, exactly. there is a lack of culture in these towns. I don't want to say towns, but like the, the not so centralized big cities of the United exactly. States, especially. I think Heba and I need to go to San Diego together because we're just experiencing two different San Diego. <laughs> I would love to. If you can show me. Oh, I love side. it there. Like, I, I favorite taco place. Favorite street artist place? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... I would say that had we had kids, San Diego is a lovely place to be, you know? It's very family-friendly. There's so much to do with kids. Safe, you know? I think that would have changed the equation for us a little bit. Mm. It didn't happen for us. And I think just as a couple with no kids and like we had friends. I don't want to be like, we were all alone. We had friends, but it, you know, we didn't see them that often. It was like every here and there. And so 
I think being just the two of us, yeah, we just, Azar, we clave, we did crave that culture and right. some music and somewhere where you could go listen to jazz or live music or what have you, you know? And it's, it's totally just like, we were not surfers, you know, hiking was cool, but I'm not like a huge hiker or anything, you know? So, right. yeah, you I think that it diversity was, and familiarity with what you We know. did. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I really missed, like, greenery, you know? I mean, right. it's a very desert environment, which is really beautiful. I mean, the cactus, the succulents, like, the flora. But I really, I came here, and I don't know if you're familiar with Philly, but it's so green, you know? Mm-hmm. We live... Like, actually, the Fairmount Park or Wissahickon Creek, I think it's, like, the biggest park, bigger than Central Park in the city, which I love, you know? I get the mix of, like, city life, but also if I want to escape and go to nature, it's right here in the middle of the city. I think also one of the issues is that... um, you you did your time and I think you're an expert in your experience and that's really important. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that, you know, and the West Coast is something when you're coming from the East Coast, I'll be honest, the West Coast takes time to grow on you. I know it, it sounds weird, but I've had to go to Vancouver several times for mm-hmm. Vancouver to grow on me, right? Like I now I go to Vancouver and I, I I stayed there for 25 days. My husband had to summon me back. He's like, <laughs> you know, you have to come home, right? Um, I'm totally into the West Coast lifestyle, right? And I think it's one of the reasons I don't like um, New York because I'm really into San Diego and Vancouver and Ontario, California and San Fran. I, I, I spent so much time in the West Coast but Vancouver took a hell of a long time to grow on me. Yeah. I would go there and I'd be like, yo, this needs a whole splash of color. Like the black people, we don't know each other. We're saying hello. They, like it was, we were counting each other. But now I have built a whole community in Vancouver. Yeah. When I That's go, different. yeah, when I go there now, like I spent 25 days last time and <laughs> I had a good time. I could totally live in Vancouver. I know where to get my roti. I know where to get my hair done. I know, you know, where the black history is. It was very interesting how long it took me to cultivate that relationship mm-hmm. with the West Coast, Vancouver, whereas San Diego, I had an introduction already to it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, London, London and I fit like two peas in the pod. London mm-hmm. is my I love London. Oh, I love London. London, <laughs> you can just do so many things and get so, so much many. out of it. That's like I saw love ice London and not oh, my New God. York City, bro. It's the same because thing. It's not. It's not. They're both no. really large cities and you have mul- no. like multiple different types of communities. I mean, I get overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed when I went to London. Very oh overwhelmed. Oh my god, yeah. that's my And I was overwhelmed place. in New York as well, but for some reason I felt a little bit more um, at ease in New York. So what's the difference between the two? Uh I think New York and I haven't spent enough time together. I'm not comfortable in New York. 
I don't feel comfortable in New York. You need an auntie in New York. Maybe. Yes. But, but she my, got a sister in New York. Yeah, so, and I, I, I mean, know. I, I know how to get to her house now. And, every, and I've been to New York several times. I've taken 100 kids, lost kids, ran away kids, remember, <laughs> from our previous episodes. Yeah. And I know New York now. I really love Harlem. I really love Harlem. I can get there, Harlem. I can get to Oz's house. But something about New York doesn't jive with me. But London... I don't know. London and I, we just have a lot of secrets between us. The bad things, a lot of naughty things I've done in London. I know London like the back of my hand. Um, I've saw Ice Cube for a tenor. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I love London. I love the, 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 the things that they do at the Hibiscus House when you go to Regent Park. I love the swag. I love the European British swag. I it's love, more the culture I, than anything else. You yeah, like that culture I, more than you like the New York culture. New York culture. Well, let's just be let's, honest. I like everything more than Montreal. So I like New York more than Montreal. And that's saying <laughs> right. a lot. So do I. But that being said, I think New York is very aggressive. So I have a great um, anecdote. I drove here before I moved here when I was coming to interview um, for NYU. And I was actually, I had my friend Poison Pen, who's from here. You know, if everybody knows Pen, like he used to come on our show back in Montreal. But um, we were driving and yo, like these are the little things that I'm fascinated about. And these are like the little minute differences that nobody tells you about and you have to experience on your own. So when mm-hmm. you're driving in Montreal, the orange light takes a long time. So it goes from like green to orange to red, right? Mm-hmm. It's orange, yeah. yellow, whatever that like. Yeah. Yeah. And yellow, sorry, my bad. It's kind of orangey, but whatever. Yeah. And I so like <laughs> right. <laughs> and so like <laughs> you got time. You got time to get across the street, you know, before the light yeah. turns red. So here I am driving in Midtown. The light go in New York City goes green, yellow, red. Like instantly and i'm like oh shit so now here i am in the middle of the intersection i'm blocking the box as they say and like this lady this this police officer out of nowhere just gives me a tongue lashing where did you get your license plate? Do you do your license? Do you know how to drive? What oh are you thinking? Blocking the box? You better move. I, I, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And here I am answering her questions. I got my license from Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> and now when I think back, right, like culturally, it was so different for me when I moved here. And now, oh my gosh, I am the same. I have the same road rage. Anytime somebody oh. blocks the box, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Where did you get your goddamn license? You see, now you just New York just rubbed up on me. Yes, yes, yes. I think I think that's the big difference, though, with regard to New York. Like you're right, Oz. It is very it is a very aggressive city. You guys are hardcore, but that's what makes New York, New York, right? Like you're some of the most productive people in the world, which is why it's such a successful city. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've never really been inclined to move anywhere is because I mean, I I wouldn't mind moving away from Montreal, but it's just. There's a lot of factors that go into it for me. Like we've all the stuff we've been talking about is cultural uh, community, Um, the whole artistic vibe. You know, am I going to find my people there? Um, You know, multiculturalism. You know, I'm I'm so used to Montreal and just seeing 
the Arab community, the, uh, mm. the Latino community, as small as it is, the Korean, Chinese, Japanese community, and a whole leap of West Indian folks, you know? And it's just, I feel like in order for me to really be compelled to move, I would need to have that in the new location. The West and Coast vibe. Fair. Yeah, the West Coast vibe seems great, but at the same time, I feel like, and this is like a common thing among, um, I guess, kind of a joke among some of the writers that I've known as well, is that you don't get anything done in hot weather. You just don't. Hmm. You want to chill <laughs> and you want to vibe by the beach. You know, there's a reason that there's a lot of writers that live in like New England and like New Hampshire, Maine and, and so forth is because you get work done when, yeah. you know, the weather is when it's not nice great. every day. You're like, I should be outside. Yeah. Right? Who the hell wants to be indoors working when <laughs> exactly. you could be at the beach? And so that's that's the thing. I mean, it's just it really comes down to what are your what is your um your lifestyle choice? Do you want to mm. be? in uh in an environment where you're vibing on the beach and you can just like you know call it quits at at three o'clock in the afternoon and go to the beach and enjoy you know the uh the sundown or are you the type that wants to be like in the hustle sort of environment like in new york city you know and that sort of thing so well i'm the type that doesn't want to deal with the snow that's my yeah. motivation. Understandable. But I, yeah. I think that's where it works if you have enough money or means to be able to do two places, right? By coastal. Like, yeah. yeah, by that coastal or just, you know, going down south, you know, that that would be right. cool. But Oz, you would never move from New York? I don't know. Even after your kids grow up? Oh, she's moving. Maybe, maybe. See, I don't know. I mean, yes, maybe when my kids grow up. I definitely don't think that New York city is very old people um friendly, friendly. i mean <laughs> i mean it can be because the community is very close-knit so there is that hippa the fact that really everything is outside my door right just like philly like my pharmacy is downstairs my grocery store is down the block like mm -hmm. everything is accessible i really don't even need to leave my neighborhood ever mm, right i like that um like but that. at the same time you know, when you were talking about the diversity, Miranda, one thing that I noticed in New York City is that as diverse as the city is, it's segregated. So mm -hmm. like the pockets of of people, um, there's diversity in the city at, in general, but it's like little neighborhoods with with, you know, uh, different types of people like it's just not as intermingled as Montreal yeah, yeah. was for me. And I find that in general in the U.S. it's like that. And it was very weird for me when I first moved here to see that, to see that if I go in this neighborhood, it's predominantly white. In this neighborhood, it's predominantly mm. Latin or predominantly black. And it's it's kind of weird, you know? So it's segregated. I think, I think that's one of it the beauties about Montreal is that you get do get a really full mix. Like interracial marriages and dating and communities are just like the norm for a lot of people mm -hmm. here, you know? Um, I, I just want to shout out, Miranda, that you're really positive about Montreal. You're really good at really remembering are. why I the mean, city is. It, it has but to me, perks, it's just... but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of qualms I have with the city as well. But No, I mean... but like you're really good at remembering what's important about the city. Like one of the things I really like about Montreal is the diversity of food. 
Like yeah. I lived in England where the food, I was like, nah, I don't care what people say that British cuisine is not for me. The West <laughs> Indian cuisine in London is for me. You know, American yeah. cuisine, not for me. Too big. The portions are out of control. But when you come back to Canada, specifically to Montreal, let's let's yeah. eliminate. Show it, Maya, guys. That's right. Shishta woo. Well. I miss Little it mom so and pop stop. <laughs> like, yeah. Poutine. Hand cut fries. Like uh, Montreal can get yeah. you fat. Okay. Because the food is good. Hibba's, Hibba's smelling it in her memory right now. I remember when well, Hibba- had I known, I would have dropped it off for you at the Philly airport. Because I, re- I remember Hibba came came back to Montreal for a visit, and she was like on this whole like you were in the yoga community, in the yogi community, and you were on like this very strict you know diet. And then you came here and you were like, well, that's all out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the chicken. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, like, no, but seriously, you come back to Montreal and there's a community of mom and pop restaurants, right? Yeah. You can get really good good food and at a good rate. That's the one thing about Montreal that I don't think anywhere I've been in the world can touch it. Yeah. And so she like, no. you know, I went to Vancouver and they're like, oh, we have a Shishta Wook place. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Nobby. I know mm-hmm. what Shishta Wook yeah. is. And this is not Shishta Wook. They're like, exactly. oh, we do poutines well. No. No. I'm from no. We do poutine. I went to a wedding in Connecticut and uh, the groom was like, yo, could you bring me some cheese curds? Not a problem. <laughs> right? Not a problem. So I give Montreal its props. But I, I do think the political, current political climate is crushing everything that I even remotely yeah. like. About and that's Montreal. that's been the case for Montreal for for many years now. And it, yeah, it is perpetually getting um, worse and worse, unfortunately. Um, but I'm I'm Isn't curious that everywhere though. Yeah, I was oh, no, just that's Montreal. I was just going really? to say that there's political problems all over the place. You just have to determine what varying degrees you're willing to tolerate. Like I'm sure as people of Middle Eastern descent and you know North African descent being like you know being coming to america is i mean that that's like <laughs> you're dealing with so many differences in in the political spectrum and i'm just i i'm like have you ever thought about like picking up and leaving because of the politics or you're just accepting like no nah, you guys are stupid and i'm willing to live with it <laughs> well where else are there good politics like being middle eastern the politics in my own home are worse than here right the oppression mm-hmm. and the bullshit that women go through in a in a, in a muslim country is just way worse than the racism that I experience here. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth. At least here, I can walk down the street freely without having to be covered or, or, you know, or I need a man to co-sign for me for things. And listen, I, 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 I have no issues with hijabis or anything like that. My family wears hijabs, but the thing is, I don't like any religion that's imposed on you. You know, I think religion Mm -hmm. is Well, where the people are imposing their interpretation of it on you. Correct, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you're, that's religion and the way you want to express your religion, I think is a, is a it's truly you a and right and a freedom. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I feel like being in the States that there is, or in even in Canada, that we were able to achieve more just as 
human beings, you know, with the choices, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a little bit more progressive. Um, And, you know, I, I love the fact that I was able to experience such a vast difference in cultures, in, in, you know, places where I've lived and the foods that I've eaten and the language and, and the environments that I've been in. And I, I think everyone should experience that. And that's another part of Western culture that I think is so lacking. And I don't know about you, Hibba, but I feel like I've seen a lot. And it's really weird when you meet somebody or people who haven't traveled or who have I, met for generations have stayed in this one, you know, 100%. like percent. I it's I just was, wild. I was telling a guy, my neighbor in San Diego, is like, I think every American should has to travel like compulsory. Because I think, you know, especially around COVID, like a lot of the discussion and being, you know, it's they're very privileged, you know. And for me, it was like where I get where you may be coming from. But when you go to other parts of the world where they don't have choice, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like and that's the thing. I think having lived in so many places and being immigrants, we get such a unique perspective. And I think that's where I agree 100 percent. I can totally you know play devil's advocate on either side where it's like Mm -hmm. okay yeah I did want to leave Egypt because as a woman I wasn't a hundred percent comfortable there and there was just certain things that I don't want to put up with um but then you know being in San Diego it's also like I understand things from that perspective too, that it's just a lot more nuanced than I think a mm-hmm. lot of, you mm-hmm. know, the discussions or the argument, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, and so I do even though, you know, it's hard to be rootless, <laughs> as I was saying at the beginning, I do definitely appreciate the different perspectives I can get from having lived in so many places mm-hmm. and experience. Cause I think like learning about a culture or an area or a religion in a book and experiencing it is just two different things. Agreed. Mm-hmm. That's why you know? I like 90 day fiance. I oh, like it too you. for that reason. I like Me it too, too for that reason. It's like an anthropological thank you experiment. <laughs> but totally. unfortunately, it doesn't show some of the Americans in the best light because I'm like, yo, what do you? What kind of ish is coming out of your mouth right now? But actually, um, no, you're you're Nisha. It actually, I think it's a great representation of the majority of Americans because well, unfortunately, sad. no, it is. And this is, but this comes from and and forgive me, you know, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I hear I am living in the United States and you know, like I I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here. But there's a level of arrogance that comes with being from this country or being from the Western world to begin with. Mm -hmm. And that lack of exposure, that lack of understanding and the lack of compassion and empathy for other cultures. Right. Like the whole hierarchy, if you will, of like because we're like America considers itself the number one country in the world. It's really hard to kind of break through that mentality to kind of, you know, and so because of that, it is really I'm shocked, actually, at how many people I speak with educated people who have these (laughs) crazy misconceptions about the rest of the world. And it's all due to lack of exposure. Yeah, I I agree. 
I was going to say with regard to the representation, Nisha, on 90 Day Fiance, I mean, I've seen a few episodes and I have to agree that it is a pretty accurate representation. Um, Uh Look, I'm married to an American and he even agrees that there is a lack of education in terms of geography and world affairs and understanding cultures from other countries. You know, I always laugh when, you know, people squabble online, but it's such a really important distinction when, you know, you hear about quote unquote expats in other countries, like in um, Thailand or in Hong Kong or in Singapore or in uh, Nigeria or South Africa, they're always like called expats and not immigrants, white immigrants. You're a white immigrant. That's what you are, you know? Um, but it, it really speaks to the lack of education and just global awareness on the part of the American, you know, American society, unfortunately, it's just, there needs to be something done in the way of, um, you know, educating a lot of young people about the world and understanding world history and history from other countries, you know, and knowing that, um, you know, there's more to the world than it just being Europe and North America, like there's Africa, there's Asia, there's Southeast Asia, there's multiple parts of other continents around the world. And it's just, it's really interesting to me. And I actually find a little bit of that ignorance here in Quebec too. Like white Francophone Quebecers, they'll talk about how they've traveled, but they'll go to like Cuba Cuba. or the Dominican Republic on a all-inclusive resort. They don't go to, the majority of them, I should say, don't go to other places. They've never heard of St. Lucia. They've never heard of... They're missing um, out. But also like it adds, like the amount of people who are like, oh my God, you're going to Egypt. Like, isn't it dangerous or you know and you're just like I'm I feel safer there than you know and I but you know I've even and I think not to you know hate on San Diego or West Coast too much but when you're even that much more removed I mean it's so far like they're really in a bubble you know so right. the amount of people I, I think being on in on the Northeast it's a bit more you know you have the Ivy League schools and people are a bit more traveled and mm. but over there it's like you know Ilya would be like go make friends and I'm like they barely know where Canada is like <laughs> the max the maximum is they'll the maximum is they'll be like oh Vancouver or something you know but like Montreal it's like what's what? that and I'm like yeah. let alone yeah. like Egypt or Jordan yeah, like, yeah. you know and oh, so no. yes. you're so right and Mar you want to talk about education you nailed it because Forget about international and global education. Look at critical race theory. Here's a perfect example of education being manipulated to highlight what is, you know, great about the United States. And I feel like this is the problem with like Western societies, whereas growing up in Iran and even growing up in Dubai, we had a worldview of, you know, I I remember having to learn continents, countries, capitals, Mm -hmm. like are you kidding? Everything. They don't even yeah. touch on that here. I did too. I had to learn about uh, North America, Central America, South America, 
those were like the key things that we were taught in um, in like middle school geography. And then when I got to uh, to high school, I chose world history and was able to learn a little bit more about history on um, from the perspective of like all of these European societies, these um, monarchies and how they came into being and what what started World War One? what started World War Two, And all of this is very valuable information because it helps to explain why you have Russia occupying Ukraine today. It explains why right. Russia is trying to reverse the clock and go back to the glory days of the Soviet Union and why China and Hong Kong are having their own squabbles. And there's just so much to learn. And it's it's kind of sad, you know, it's really, really to the detriment of the individual who's unwilling to learn, you know? But that that being said, um, Nisha, let's start with you. Where are you moving next? Are you moving? Oh, my God. (laughs) So there's where I'm moving and then where my husband is making me live. How about we just go with those two? All right. So if I could move anywhere I want, (laughs) I would move to city. (laughs) (laughs) Let's swap. <laughs> uh, I've been moved. Actually, there's a lot of places. Like before, I got. I mean, I'm a wonderless. So you, like, I know you said you're rootless. I'm a natural wonderless. Like I naturally want to float, live mm-hmm. other places. So I've decided I was going to live in a different city every summer, so I could fulfill that kind of wonderless mm-hmm. in me. Um, because it's very deep and it's very rooted in me. Like I want. You're to a traveler. Explore. Deep yeah. down, you're an Irish Deep. Romani, or maybe just a I know. Romani in general. Well, Romanis were Indian, so maybe, yeah. Yeah. There you maybe go. it's in my blood. Um, but if I could live somewhere else, you know, I would have gone to Japan with the husband. I would have. But uh, San Diego has always been my dream. Always. Forever mm-hmm. been my dream. But I'll probably end up in stinking Ontario. Oh. I know. My condolences. It's pure silence Thank here. <laughs> We're all like, what do we say? We're all like, nothing. Uh... <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I tried to convince Mr. Z. I tried to get Vancouver. I was really pushing hard for Vancouver. Because um, my whole, like, in my head, I'm thinking how sad it will be if I have to suffer in winter my whole entire life. This is mm-hmm. my, like, it's very sad for me. I don't like winter. Mm-hmm. But he promises to build me a house in Ghana. So all of you can oh. come in the winter. Mm-hmm. And we can be down. old ladies in Ghana. Like, I'm okay nice. with that. Yeah. We could be old ladies yeah, in Ghana. Accra or another city? Uh, Accra. We're actually in the process of looking for places so we can build and we can be old ladies. I told him I want my own wing. Like, just a Nisha <laughs> wing. Yes, uh, I am all for I mean, that. It, exactly. Yeah. And I want to be like my wing has to face the sun because I like to suntan. And hopefully, you know, God willing, I'll be able to spend my bio, my winter months in Ghana. Like I deserve it after mm-hmm. spending 30 years it. in the winter. Mm. But um, I would live everywhere. I live. That's why I said I have to fulfill it by living in the city that I want for a month. Yeah, I just yeah. have to fulfill it that way. It's the best way. Like San Diego. The best way to know. Yeah. yeah. You, Oz, yeah. where are you moving to? No kids involved. Oh, man, I don't know. I'm somewhere <laughs> in the Caribbean. You guys choose for me. I just want to be by the beach. There you go. Pick my feet up, great. eat some good food. <laughs> nice. That's really all I want. Hey, Saint Saint Lucia is beautiful. 
where where would I move to next? Yep. Where's no, your next too stop? Fresh. But I would say, <laughs> well, we'd ideally like like to retire in Greece. I'm with it. Like, yeah. So like close to Serbia, close to Egypt, good food, nice people. Mm, warm. We can visit. We could be I old like ladies it. in Greece too. Exactly. Yeah. Old ladies. <laughs> but I think we we definitely keep a place here. And like I said, if we could be. 50 50 europe us that would be nice yo not for yeah. nothing i did say the caribbean but mexico's not a bad look either mexico's, guys i know a lot of people are cheap. retiring in mexico a lot. right a yeah lot. you know we could just buy mexico's a pad and call it beautiful. the four old lady pad and like the four of us could just <laughs> chill there why not Let's do it yeah <laughs> okay mar how about you are you hanging on to montreal for dear oh life my God. I'm I'm doing double duty in two places, Montreal and like another place. I have to. Um, I mean, yeah. like we mentioned, all the good stuff about Montreal, but I want to have one foot in, one foot out for when, um, you know, when things get a little bit tiresome here on the political scale and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm here for family. I'm here because my husband doesn't want to leave. He's from the U.S. and he doesn't really have a desire to go back. Um, so that's why I'm here. Family and my husband won't let me go. And, uh, and, and the food, <laughs> I'm with yours. And the, food the food and just the integration of different cultural communities and so forth. And yep. yeah, there is a, there is a pretty cool artistic scene here. Like a lot. Is there has... somewhere you wouldn't move to? Is there somewhere you would not um, go? Um, I, cause I'm with Nisha. I think I could live anywhere too. I don't, I don't think I would do, um, West coast anywhere. I mean, I haven't spent enough time on the West coast. I did enjoy Mm -hmm. San Diego when I went, but it's not Mm -hmm. enough for me to be compelled to move over there. I'm more of like down South kind of individual. So I mentioned before on a previous episode, um, that if we could live anywhere, one of my spots would be new Orleans. And I just, I Mm. would love to be in new Orleans. I really would. I would like to do double duty between here and New Orleans or here and I don't know, maybe, maybe another city, maybe, I don't know. It it really depends, but definitely one foot in Montreal and one foot out in another place. It's just for variety. And, and one of the things I think that what propelled me to actually get to that point was um, I really... I determined that I was really, really missing the beach one summer when we took a a quick trip over to York Beach, Maine. Um, Anyone who's gone to Maine Mm. knows that it's beautiful. You get access to the ocean and it's just, it's not that far away from Montreal. Like going through Vermont, oh, Vermont, Vermont also another option. Yeah, but (laughs) me neither. It's me it's, neither. It's the fact that um like you it's just so close and you could easily like have an easy getaway to the US. But York Beach, Maine was great because of like, you know, seafood and access to the beach. Um, it's just, you know, really easy to get to. So for me, it's having access to a beach. That would be useful. Mm. But if I had to, New Orleans. I don't know, man. That I love that place. I really, Unfortunately, really do. New Orleans is sinking. Unfortunately. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's I know. about climate change. Yeah. You're right. making your calculation. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to yeah. go up to Denver and those places exactly. where exactly <laughs> one foot in, one foot out. Sea level. But it's cold there too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, right, thank ladies. you so much, Heba, for sharing all of your relocation stories. Thank you. And, yeah. Uh, and good luck with settling into me. Philly. I mean, I know it's been a bit rough. You've had to like wait for all of your personal belongings to be delivered. I mean, that's I'll... another episode on like what not, <laughs> what, what not to do when you're moving. Oh I have God. a lot of advice. <laughs> Waiting for your stuff, trying to find everything, and then buying a new home in another in another city, and you know, and it's finding. A lot. Yeah, finding yeah, housing and all of that, it's a lot. But thank you for but joining now, us. now, Mar, we can go visit Philadelphia. And you can stop in New York on the way. Yes. What do you mean? We'll pick you up and bring you with us. <laughs> oh, true. We're coming, Hiba. I'm around the corner from, like, a famous Philly cheesesteak place. Oh, well, then in that case, though. We'll nice. be there. Once nice I know that. where you live, I can calculate how far you are from Jill Scott's childhood home. Childhood. <laughs> oh, jeez. <Okay. yeah. laughs> Jill Scott stalker. This is you need help. <laughs> you need help. <laughs> I don't care. But thank you for having me. This was so fun. It was great having you. And yes. to all the listeners, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And absolutely. Uh, we'll be back next episode. Are we doing our 80s? 80s. 80s. I hope yes, so. Yes, let's do it. Yes. One of our fantastic listeners. Shout out to KP Tax, I don't want to necessarily say her name. She said, I love your top 10 shows. I download them on Spotify and put the songs <laughs> in my list. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, but 80s, I am really excited. I have some 80s, any genre. Any genre. I'm, I'm a little bit anxious over it. And the Why? reason, That's I'm just is. thinking that we might have to extend it to top 20. Because there's just too many genres. How to are we cover. going to do we twenty songs? Can't we'll, do it. We'll do it in two parts: we'll part two one episodes. and part two. Part one. Well, maybe I have to put a genre in then. Yeah, maybe part one twenty to uh, twenty to eleven, and then um, part two uh, ten, ten to seven. one. Because you're talking about uh, pop music, rock music, soul, R and B, house. I, I have like a whole house. Uh, dance one from each zone. Oh man, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we love to hear your top 80s and Hibbert, you can send us some 80 requests that you might want to throw in there. Songs that you can listen to from the 80s when you're moving. There you mm -hmm. go. All right. Mm -hmm. Done. Yeah. Good. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the 80s. I'm looking forward to Me it. Me too. You guys, I went to a private British school, so my 80s is like garage. <laughs> yeah garage yeah well, lots of garage. techno lots of techno and yeah. <laughs> no me it's like whitney houston it's true all right it's been messy folks we will see you next week next oh week. next week oh yeah i was thinking of something else but we'll see you next week stay messy and check us out on all of our social medias and we love your reviews we love positive reviews so if you'd like to send us positive reviews please feel free to do so peace y'all peace